Hello, we're here today with a podcast and it's going to be a brief history of the Hawaiian Islands. Uh, for those who don't know, the Hawaiian Islands are, it's an archipelago in the middle of the Pacific. Uh, today it is a state belonging to the United States, uh, but it was not always like that. Um, and uh, my, my name is Farron Walsh and I'm joined here by my co-hosts. Uh, Caleb Miley. Maddox Bainfelt. And Landon Graham. Uh, and so with that, we can jump into the first topic. Uh, the first settlers of Hawaii. Who were the first settlers of Hawaii? The first settlers were Polynesians who migrated northwest from the Marquise Islands between the 4th and 7th centuries to be followed by a second wave of immigrants that sailed from Tahiti during the 9th or 10th century. Hawaiian civilizations was isolated from the rest of the world for at least 500 years. How did the first settlers of Hawaii get to Hawaii? Uh, the first settlers traveled to Hawaii's in big, oh, in canoes, in big canoes. Uh, the first settlers in Hawaii were farmers and fishermen. Although, although they did not arrive empty-handed, uh, they brought native seeds, plants like taro and sugarcane, along with animals including pigs and chickens. Uh, the f- how did they live while in Hawaii? Hawaiians lived in small communities ruled by chieftains. I don't know if to, honestly how you say that word. Uh, who battled one another for territory? Uh, did ancient Hawaii have <laughs> slaves? Below them were the Maki Ana. They were the coroners who farmed, fished, built homes. It was like the middle class, and paid taxes. The lowest rung was the Kawaiya. They was outcasts and slaves. They ran afoul of Aliyah and Kawana, or were war prisoners. I think about, like, like when they came over from, um, I'm pretty sure it's Tahiti. Yeah. Like, how many people actually died coming over? Because I feel like on canoes going through the Pacific being, like, probably one of the dangerous waters to travel across. I mean, I'm sure there's not a way to truthfully calculate the total, but it's got to be, like... From the percentage of how many people came over, it's got to be substantial. Oh yeah, there's no, there's yeah. no way that everyone just made it over super safely. I mean, well, hopefully they did. D- disease, starvation, like like anything could have got them. Oh yeah. It's also it just gives me a lot more respect for them as well, just because I mean, if you're in a canoe, it's like in a river. That alone is like yeah. Hard. Oh yeah. Oh. Like to be in the Pacific Ocean, there's storms and everything. I feel like that is just. It's gotta be terrifying. Uh, oh, yeah. to, to go hundreds of miles on just these like things made out of wood and not if you get lost, you're done for as well. Oh yeah, I mean, their skills. Luckily, they were able to find their way out, uh, way around without modern technology, and that's just that's honestly just crazy to me. <laughs> they had to be really strong too. Oh yeah, I couldn't imagine going that far with it. Oh yeah. Well, Oh my gosh! I can't. I actually I didn't even cute. think I'd about that. The entire time. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't even think about how strong they had to be to be able to like row or just. I mean, I, I know most of them also use sails as well, but still, like if you get stuck in a bad wind, you're either stuck there or you got to row. So, and that's it, 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 it's amazing that they like wanted to do that. They they wanted to go out and like endure all those hardships for the for the desire to to find new land. Uh, I think about those like. You gotta get bored sitting on an island. Like, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta. Get, you gotta be like, let's go find something. New. Oh yeah, which is, and to travel that far to do it too. Oh, I mean, yeah, you must have been really bored to go do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bored enough to build a giant boat and take your whole family. 
and just, just a whole uh, I mean a whole settlement yeah, yeah like that's just crazy did ancient Hawaii have traditions when they first came ancient Hawaii memorized lengthy oli or chants that were part of their oil tradition these often consisted of of Hawaiian folklore legends or histories uh, what was Hawaii like before foreigners arrived the po- population was very dense in the range of 200,000 to when foreigners arrived to about a million. And that's a lengthy amount of people to come. Uh, what type of government did ancient Hawaii have? They had a monarch- monarchical government. Uh, the monarchical government of Hawaiian Islands was established in 1810 by Majesty King Kamalehea. I believe it's Kamehameha. Kamehameha. Or Kamehameha. Kamehameha. I, I honestly thought it was Kamehameha. Oh, yeah. Kamehameha. <laughs> get, get a little oh, bit no, of Kamehameha. Okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I, yeah, I wonder is like, does anybody know like how powerful their, the leader of their hierarchy was? Like, what was that impact on the culture? Like, uh, so we'll actually, we'll actually get into that uh, later, but... Uh, speaking actually on the culture, and you did touch a little bit on it. Uh, what what kind of is the Hawaiian culture? And as as what was uh, talked about previously, uh, how they got to the island used wayfarers. They're very isolated people. I actually f- uh, found this out while researching. The closest island, at least in modern times, at least that we know about now, is 720 miles away. So uh, kind of crazy. <laughs> Very isolated. I mean, I, I believe that Hawaii is the most isolated island group in the whole world. I, I mean, yeah, it's it's insane to me that the nearest island other than, of course, the archipelago that is Hawaii, is 720 yeah. miles away, and that that's really their nearest neighbor. Uh, but, so, most, most cultures have a sort of creation myth, and the Hawaiians are no different. But it is really interesting uh, when I did research it. Uh, I found that there wasn't just one, uh, one like creation myth, but the main one that was widely accepted uh, was founded in the Compulio or Compulipo, which some of these words are going to be very hard to pronounce. <laughs> which was basically an epic, kind of like the Odyssey, but they uh, recited it in a chant that uh, linked Hawaiian royalty to gods or to their gods. Uh, detailed in it uh, is how, and this is very much paraphrasing, is how split things, uh, or detailed in it is how they split things such as the night and day, and how those things were linked to the gods and humankind, and how those two things evolved with each other over time. Now, following on this, they believed that the chieftains, uh, who were previously mentioned, uh, and who were also only male, so there were no female chieftains, uh, were a direct divine link to the gods on the genetic level, which wow. is really insane to me that they would link it on the genetic level. <laughs> but uh, their four <coughs> main gods, uh, or four main major gods, because they did have, uh, gosh, tons of minor gods uh, that I... The list is way too long to go through. But their four main major gods were Ku, Kane, Lona, and Kanaloa. And they were aspects of uh, the many different portfolios. Portfolios meaning uh, 
like water, fire, war, uh, uh, the earth, and stuff like procreation and fertility, uh, and farming, and so on and so forth. Now, uh, speaking more on these chieftains, uh, the they would mainly lead the people, but also be the ones who would be in charge of performing worship to the gods and to form a sacrifice. Uh, and I couldn't really find much on specifically what kind of sacrifices they would make. I don't think there was any human sacrifices. I feel like that would have been something that would have definitely been talked about. <laughs> but uh, these sacrificial rites were actually performed by the priests under the order and kind of watch of the chieftains at uh, monumental temples, which I didn't know that they built temples or anything like that. I don't know if any of you guys heard this as well, but as I was doing my research, <clears throat> it was something you said about the human sacrifice. Not really human sacrifice, but... For example, if they, if someone they were to respect died, they would almost like take the meat, the grease, like everything off the bones of that human. And then I, I mean, I don't want to say it wrong, but I could have sworn that it's almost like they take the meat and grease off the bones. They like rub the grease on some of their tribe members, huh. and then they give like important pieces of the bodies to like those close to uh, whoever passed, but. Yeah. I don't know. I just thought that was pretty crazy. And I, and I, do, I will go into, like, death rites and such like that in, in very brief, but that's actually very interesting because I, I didn't, was it, through the research that I was doing, I didn't find anything on, on that. I really wish I would have found that because that sounds super cool. <clears throat> Captain Cook, when he died there, they, like, tore the meat off his bones. Wow. Really? Yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. Well, yeah. like a proper Hawaii burial. Huh. And uh, we'll we'll talk more about Captain Cook because I actually have a slight theory theory about uh, not necessarily his death, but why they might have done that. Yeah. But uh, kind of the last uh, few things that I want to talk about uh, is basically the arts of the Hawaiians and also what death and the afterlife kind of looks uh, looks like for them. So as far as uh, arts go, we sadly don't know much about the origins of some of them due to the attempted eradication of the native religion. Uh, actually due to one of Hawaii's uh, kings uh, through the manipulation of some Christian missionaries and some people uh, close to him. Uh, as far as the people close to him, it's more speculation at that point. But we do know that Christian missionaries were kind of in the market for Christianizing Hawaii. Doing what they do, Christianizing yeah. the world. Yeah, which yeah, it happens. <laughs> But uh, as far as their, like, arts go, uh, they're extremely interesting. So there's uh, highly detailed carved wooden idols of the gods that they found, and they're all pretty, not necessarily close to each other, but very detailed, and most of them are actually fairly similar to each other. Even uh, different people on the island from different regions were carving the same things, and usually they didn't even have much contact with each other. But uh, the thing was, it? another thing that we probably, wow, uh, the thing that we mo probably know most about uh, in terms of culture-wise is the hula, uh, a dance that was performed uh, for many reasons. It was performed for sacred payons uh, and to celebrations of fertility, uh, some even say it was used in kind of warlike uh, 
like chants and such like that, much like the Hakka, but that one was a little bit, I found less information about that one. And in these celebrations, there were some actually really unique uh, instruments, like uh, there's bamboo pipes that they use actually fairly frequently. Some of the drums I actually found uh, interesting because uh, when you look at like African cultures, they use a lot of animal skins uh, for the actual drum itself, but they used a lot of like plant-based <coughs> stuff. And they did, of course, use animals, but I just kind of found that interesting. Th that is really interesting because, I mean, I mean, the whole thing about the Pacific Islands is that, like, they're just they don't really have that much land, and yeah. so that they just have to use other stuff to create the uh, as resources. Oh yeah, I, I, I honestly just I, I've actually been to Hawaii before, and it was it was I don't want to say it was a culture shock because it's fairly similar, but like. It was it was really interesting uh, after we kind of left the main city because uh, we drove around the island and it was it was a lot of open land talking to the people there they're really really nice at least the people we we ran into really nice people uh, and yeah like traditional stuff uh, even things like the ukulele which was not necessarily as far back as uh, as what we're taught what I'm talking about currently but how much they like love that instrument and how I guess it'd be more modern tradition and more modern yeah. sacredness to it, which is actually really, really cool. Would you happen to know like what kind of plants they used for the drums? I I actually did couldn't find a particular plant, mainly because I think it was just so varied and uh not just one thing. Uh, uh and then uh, finally, the last thing I wanted to talk about was like their death practices and the afterlife stuff. So, uh, Hawaiians buried most of their dead, and I'll keep this quite brief, just because I don't know funeral rites and all that such, uh, but they would actually bury most of their uh, dead in sacred burial caves. Um, and what uh, they mainly did for that was they just buried the bones on it, so that was kind of that theory I had about Captain Cook. Um, <coughs> But they mainly buried the bones, and a large concern for their dead was that uh, their enemies would use their bones uh, after their death to try and show them disrespect uh, and kind of use curses and such like that. And so with that, it was more of a taboo that was actually punished uh, with death and shame to your body. So the, the whole, uh, you're saying that they would, they would hide the bones that, uh, for, for fear of their enemies using them explains... When I was doing my research on King Kamehameha, uh, after he died, um, the, the the source that I was getting from, they, they said that they hid his bones in the mountain uh, in keeping with their, with their tradition, but they didn't explain why, so that explains yeah. it. Gotcha. <laughs> um, so with that, I guess I can jump right into uh, basically how did the Hawaiians govern themselves, um, specifically with the rise of the monarchy later. Uh, although before the monarchy, it was mostly a lot of like local chiefs called Ali, and th they they were uh, divided between the islands. There are four major islands in the Hawaiian archipelago. There's, there's the uh, island of Hawaii itself, and then there's Maui, Oahu, and Kauai. I think that's how you pronounce it. I'm pretty sure, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, uh, before the uh, late 18th century, all these islands were, were divided amongst these Ali 
Uh, although, uh, as I said before, uh, a man named King Kamehameha would rise. He, he would reign from 1782 to 1819, and he would completely transform Hawaii as we know it. Uh, when he started his rule, he actually had to share his power with his cousin, Ooh. and this immediately led to the, the two becoming rivals as they didn't really want to share power. Not surprising. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, as so often happens. And before you know it, civil war happened, and uh, while Kamehameha lost a lot of battles at first, uh, he would adapt and eventually uh, began trading with the Europeans to acquire muskets, and that's what turned the tide. And eventually he uh, would come to rule over the entire island of Hawaii, but he wasn't done there. He turned his sights to all the other islands and began a very slow 15-year-long conquest of them. Wow. He only managed to conquer Maui and Oahu uh, on his own. Uh, Kanai would, would, uh, would manage to stay independent until in 1810, uh, I guess they saw the writing on the wall and didn't think they could really stand up anymore and just decided to submit peacefully and would become a vassal. And at that point, it's it's credited that in 1810. That is the the beginning of the of the state of Hawaii, and that's when it, it created this new like national identity of, of people who wouldn't identify themselves necessarily um, as the island that they lived on, but as being Hawaiian. Yeah. Um, King Kamehameha. He wasn't just a conqueror though. Uh, he made great reforms in, um, in 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 like their justice system, and he he had he had an um, he especially focused on trade and all the massive amount of money that would that would that brought in as it was a huge trading hub, um, and obviously him trading with Europeans, getting all those muskets, is how he really secured his power in the first place. So it was very beneficial for him. Yeah. Um, I, I don't want to glorify him too much, though. He, I mean, like he was just sort of like a conquering warlord. Oh yeah, uh, I, and actually being on the island, and one of the main pictures, if you look up uh, him, he had. Uh, one of the main pictures you'll see is a, like a large golden statue of him. That's, oh, yeah. It's giant. It is a giant statue in terms of, well, relative size to us. Um, and they they worship him. He's There's statues all over the island. There's not just one particular one, but it's, it's pretty crazy yeah. to me. And, of course, he's considered a conqueror as well, but also uh, the, someone who had united their people in... The uh, in the long term, so I could see, I could see definitely, yeah. yeah, I could see how he could be seen as well, both. Yeah, actually. I mean, so. the history is full of morally correct. Oh, if, yeah, of course. Um, I think what I respect most about <clears throat> not only him but just Hawaii is that out of almost all the islands in the Pacific, Hawaii was really the only one that got the respect of the rest of the world. Yeah, they kinda, yeah, they've kind of backed off, and even though the U.S. <clears throat> said they were going to just leave them alone, like. Everybody did agree, let's just let Hawaii do their thing, because yeah. they've got a good thing going uh, on. Yeah. Part of that, like, why, uh, I feel like part of why Kamehameha was conquering so much was to sort of, like, secure his position, not only from his fellow Hawaiians, but from the Europeans. Um, and, and now that he had all the uh, islands under his boot, he could really, like, negotiate from a, from a position of strength. Which, I mean, that's that's... Really smart of him, actually. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and really cool. Yeah. So. It's a shame that his dynasty wouldn't last. After he died, um, his, his children were, were not as gifted as rulers as he was, yeah. unfortunately. And within 100 years, uh, yeah. it, it would eventually well, before we Before we wrap up, I want to quickly just talk about Captain James Cook and his time in Hawaii, because I think it's honestly pretty interesting. Yeah. And I don't know Captain James Cook personally, but... From what I've researched from him, he seems like the kind of guys 
a little bit full of himself, and he kind of thinks that he can do whatever he wants. But yeah, I can see that. Anyway, <laughs> he first time he gets there, basically nothing happens. He trades a little bit, uneventful. They dip after a while, and then about a year later, him and his crew come back, and by chance, completely random, they arrive in the Maka hockey season, which is basically the New Year's. And in Hawaiian culture, they believe their god Lono, the agriculture guy, was going to visit during Makahaki or Makahiki. So they thought Captain Cook was their god. Wow. <laughs> wow. And they worship this guy. <laughs> and Captain Cook and his crew look at each other and say, let's ride this out. So oh, yeah. <laughs> they, party, they party there for a month, like a month straight. They party. They sleep with all the women there, like for a month. They drink, they eat, wow. they take everything. And by the end, know that. all the wines were. They're pissed at him. They're like, all right, this guy kind of sucks. <laughs> and then one of his crew members dies, and they're like, wait a second. If he can die, then they're not oh, immortal. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so as tensions start to rise, Captain Cook are like, all right, let's go. They dip. Wow. And like a day after they leave, they're, they just run into this huge storm. Ship gets destroyed. They're like, all right, we got to go back to Hawaii. There's no other choice. They go back to Hawaii, and uh, when they get back, it's out of Makiki season, so now they're like, all right, this guy's clearly not a god. He's just a white dude that's abusing us, basically. Yeah. And uh, now they're not welcome there, and Hawaiians are mad. And there's mixed opinions, mixed ideas from what I've researched on what followed, but basically what I can conclude is that at some point, the Hawaiians stole one of Cook's boat, and in retaliation, Captain Cook, one of Captain Cook's men, kidnapped to their chief, which is a bit extreme, but they mm. did it. A little bit. Now, then something <laughs> happened, again, mixed opinions, not, nobody really knows, but something led, one thing led to another, and one of Captain Cook's men shot a younger and less powerful chief, and then after that, just all hell broke loose. Just big brawl, rocks, spears were thrown, hmm. and then eventually someone threw a rock, and it killed Captain Cook. Hmm. And that's basically the end of Captain Cook. Later, I, I forget when it was, but some English people came back, and they just, like, Fired a ton of cannons at Hawaii, I think, and they killed around thirty people, which is wow, jeez, a bit extreme, but yeah, I don't know. I just thought that was I, that I'd, Captain Cook maybe deserved it a little bit. I don't know. Uh, sounds like he kind of deserved. I just, mean, just he kinda. shows up, pretends he's a god, and yeah. acts like he owns the place. I mean, I, yeah, I'm I genuinely mean. curious though, like what percentage of people would have done the same thing as him? Hmm. Like you, you got a whole island thinking you're gods. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I have a feeling that people are easily corruptible, especially yeah. if people are literally venerating you as a god. Yeah. It, I, I, can, I can see why he did it, which is... Uh, that speaks to the nature of people. So. All right. Yeah, well, I mean, that's... It's about all I got. I'm about you guys, but... Yeah, I mean, oh, what a what an interesting place. I mean, it's, yeah, honestly. And and really like um, and, and not, not something you hear about a whole lot. Uh, wow, I'm really glad we had this opportunity. Yeah. Usually, just that. hear that's a, ni- a nice island to visit yeah, in the it, summer. It's so. known yeah. for hula dances and like pineapples. And I mean, yeah, but going deep more deep into it like this is, I mean, really good way to get more information. Definitely, on it. I mean, even so. though pineapples aren't actually native to Hawaii. Huh? Don't know why people uh, associate it with it. It's kind of weird. All right. Well, yeah. Thank you all for listening. Have a great day. Yeah.